I've recently learned that I'm not good at flying. A 17-hour flight to Australia sounds like a personal hell, but I don't need to go there to get an authentic experience when I have movies like Wake in Fright. But before we get into that, I want to thank you all for checking out the podcast. Whether it's your first time or your last time, well, thanks. Hope you can join us in discussion for our movie due tomorrow, March 28th at noon, Fellini's one-of-a-kind La Dolce Vita. It's a long one, folks, so strap yourself in. Email any thoughts you have on the movie to projectorfuel at gmail.com. We'll read your stuff on the show, and we'll learn a little bit from each other. Wake and Frights from director Ted Kocheff of Weekend at Bernie's fame, lest we forget, felt unlike anything I'd seen before. It's a cocktail of skilled filmmaking, strangely philosophical characters, and an overlooked setting that made this weekend of binge drinking feel like there was something greater underneath. Or should I say, down under. Sorry. This is a hot film. Everyone is sweating, and for some reason our main man wears a jacket most of the time. The climate is barren, sun cooking everything, and yet it's almost Christmas. Rarely do we get to see this side of the holiday, and in this movie it is a strength. It adds a strange new tinge, like something otherworldly or apocalyptic, but it's very real. John finds himself on vacation from his claustrophobic job as a teacher. On his way to see his girlfriend, he gets stuck in a mining town, where he falls into a cruel circle of self-destruction, powered by generous folk who just want to have a beer with him. Everyone in this movie is friendly, a little too friendly, and though John has clarity every morning, once he gets pressured into that first beer, by night he's doing something that fractures his soul a little more. I loved this structure. It was the only reliable buoy in a sea of new territory. Maybe all these things, kangaroo eating and two-ups, are more commonplace to those that live in Australia. But for me, I couldn't see what was coming next, other than John slipping back into the muck of it all. But what does it mean? Is it a cautionary tale of drinking and temptation? Or is it a character study on how fragile a pretentious man can be when he gets trapped by his own vices in a place he'd otherwise look down upon. I mean, yeah, it's all of those things, but moments like Doc, a man of culture, who lives in a shack and provides free medical care, monologues Socrates while two drunk blokes fight behind him. Then, once one of them knocks him on the head, Doc transforms into a yelling brute, incoherent, just smashing the local shop. Earlier that day, he talked openly about his alcoholism and his freeing way of life that he knows others won't understand. These moments of insight are wonderful. These characters always felt distinct, but Doc is always there at John's lowest moments, and that's got to stand for something. He's even the reason, in a way, John pulls the trigger on himself. Maybe this is a movie about the nature of man, with beer in its veins instead of blood, baked in the Aussie sun. Thanks to our friend Garrett for picking the movie, he calls this an Australian after hours, and in a lot of ways it made him feel the way Aronofsky's mother made him feel. A stressful, haunting blur through a nightmarish territory. I agree, but I liked that every morning things would slow down for John. We'd get a breather, and for a moment we would reflect on what happened. This movie, as Garrett put it, is wild. Wild in many ways and freeing. Thanks again for checking out the podcast. Hope you can join us tomorrow for La Dolce Vita with special guest Mengji Sun. Happy birthday, Mengji. Thanks to at the work of Ri on Instagram for the picture in our profile. Hope everyone is staying safe and staying inside. Once this blows over, we'll go on a holiday adventure of our own. Talk to you later. Yeah.